The key to success on the field and in your backyard is a comprehensive game plan. So if you're building a fence or a deck this year, trust a Terkstra coach to design, quote, or order the right materials for your project. Visit a Terkstra Lumber near you to learn more. From the Ticats Audio Network, this is the Coach O Show with Luke Tasker. Week 20 of the CFL coming up. We just come home from Calgary. Ticats 6-10 and 10 and 3-1 and one in their last four games. Coach, to win the Grey Cup this year, you've got to win on the road, and you've got to win consecutive games, of course, in the postseason. And now you've done both of those things. How important is it to, to uh, have set those precedents for this team? Yeah, I mean, we, we knew what, you know where we were at in the situation at hand and you know what we had to do. That was the bottom line. And so we had to play the next game on the schedule and wherever they were. And, um, you know, we since, you know, the Saskatchewan game, it's been it's been that way. And despite records and everything, we're, you know, we're, we're playing some good football teams and then having to go to Calgary and try to remain focused and do those sorts of things. Uh, it, they're extremely important steps, to say the least. Um, but you can't make it bigger than what it is, which is a game, because the game is to be played and, and executed at a high level to give yourself the best chance to win. Uh, just super um, proud and excited that uh, we're able to put ourselves in a position to control uh, our own destiny. Absolutely. The uh, n- kind of an unusual game, uh, exciting at the end, uh, especially that last drive, of course. It seemed. You know, for a minute there was maybe too much to do and and not enough time. But it was, for me, it was Lawrence Woods' return, and then you know we you kind of start going, wow, you know they they really have a, a legitimate chance here. What were you thinking as you saw him sort of break uh, midfield there? Like it's perfect. Like let's go. Like there, there just wasn't any wavering. And I know that's easy to say now, but you'd have to be there, and you've been on the sideline. Like there's. The biggest end point there, Luke, is have we matured enough to not take a penalty in the return game right there? Because that is that would just be catastrophic at that point. And we matured so in that way. And so the, everything goes into the other, but we're somehow able to not take a penalty. Not somehow, but it's that's what's required for yeah. if you want to be a playoff team and do anything in the playoffs. You can't you have to mature past those points. And we are able to do that. And when you have a dynamic returner, which I feel like every team in this league basically has one now, mm-hmm. and he makes a play, I was very confident that we were going to get some great looks at the end zone. You never know how it's going to turn out, but I was very confident. So I was excited at that point. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, the maturity to not take that costly error. Uh, and still there were things that, that you know, uh, mistakes uh, or controllable or, or uncontrollable adversity that you had to overcome. Uh, are, is there another level of maturity? Are there other things that you're waiting to see this team battle through? Yeah, it's it's coming clutch in, in certain situations. Like I feel like our short yardage game uh, from the quarterback sneak standpoint has vastly improved, um, which were a hindrance early in the year. You know, we had the unfortunate circumstance there um you know on the third and one and a half or whatever you want to call it where you know we made a poor decision there to bounce the ball and um we we didn't get it 
um, you know, so you'd like, you know, if you're going to move forward, those are, those are situations that you're, you're going to have to convert. You know, I was very proud that we weren't the one taking objectionable conduct penalties um, in those things. You know, there was, that's a very good football team, extremely well coached um, coming off of a bye in their house, you know, and the challenge wasn't too big for us. Hmm. The short yardage there, we spoke after the game about that. And I mean, statistically, call it a high probability play. At least I do. Seems like you do as well. You put it in your players' hands to, to you know, make that and, and give me that chance to keep that drive alive. And what I thought, you know, a secondary point to that decision there was that you punt the ball you know, they're effectively going to be already in field goal range, maybe a play or two outside of field goal range right when the, right when the returner catches the ball. And so, like the call, and then you get a fluky trip up or slip or whatever you want to call that in the backfield. Plays like that, where you got to make that split-second split second decision on the sidelines as the head coach, how are you, how do you prepare? How do you stay ready for that decision, not knowing, you know, in which, in what, what way or what form or which phase of the game it's going to come in? How are you ready for those little things? Well, I think it's just the situation that you're in, the clock, uh, the weather, how you're playing, um, who's in the game. Um, you know, it could be if you could flip it on defense. Like, let's say they were in that. Are you going cover zero? Are you playing coverage? Um, are you doing a mixture as a pressure zone, pressure man? Um, what have they been successful with? Um, you know, in special teams, do you go for the punt block or do you play for the return? And, you know, those are things. It's it. I don't have a exact response because every game is so different. And mm. the gut feeling and the way it is, you know, what's great for one week might be terrible the next. And so um, you just have to kind of be in tune with where you're at and, the just what's at hand how much of that is your own uh call it instinct or you know trust analysis in the moment and how much of that can be prepared for beforehand do you have notes i mean you know your for instance your field goal kickers range with the wind and without the wind surely you mm -hmm. have that going in how, how much of that can be prepared for yeah we definitely knew we you know in that example you know we definitely knew what Seth's range was and where he's comfortable. But then, you know, that's like pregame wind and that. And then sometimes mm -hmm. there's gusts. Sometimes it lets up. Sometimes it gets a little heavier. And so, you know, I might need to knock two yards off of, you know, what he said and say, for example, if he said he was good from, you know, the 40 as the line of scrimmage into the wind, which makes it a 47-yarder. But I really feel like it's gusting, you know, it might become a 38 line of scrimmage starting mm -hmm. point. Those are type right. of things that you have to be in tune with. There's guidelines and then there's do what makes sense um, type of things. And then, you know, same thing with punting. If, if you really sense they're going to pressure us, you know, are you playing coverage or are you playing protection? I mean, you're always going to play protection and punt. So um, yeah, you, you prepare for those, but uh, some of it does have to be off your gut and your instinct uh, at the time. And then, you know, sometimes you're afforded more time to think about it, talk about it. it. might be a TV timeout, could be. And then there's times where there isn't. They're blowing that sucker in and they want to know if it's punt team or you're going for it. So it's uh, that's the fun of the game. Hmm. Uh, what was your take on Calgary's call to last play of the game? 
kick in kick out scenario they punted the ball back with their kick return unit were you expecting that at all to be honest with you it's something that we put in our mock game and you would know what i'm talking about um it's something that we addressed in our meeting and if you actually look at the tape when you go back and look at luke look at keandre and you'll notice that he was instructed not past the 30 yard line and he did exactly that where i thought it was um I like the decision by them because if you catch a team that's not prepared and they're sprinting down and they've got four onside pairs screaming or you catch somebody who thinks it's a punt and they're kind of circling around, it just takes one mishap and they get, you know, they go down in history as an unbelievable finish. Now you play a team that's prepared and it could look foolish. You know, Keandre goes back and catches it. You'd like to see him take the quick knee, which we will from now on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looks like, why would you do that? But if you if he actually runs up, it's a foot race to get back there, and you don't know that ball's not round, mm. <laughs> and so it uh, takes some funny hops. So I understood the decision. Uh, I think in their case, they thought, yeah, as much as you think maybe with ten seconds you have two plays, uh, you may not. You may only have one, and in one case, you think you're just trying to get a field goal in field goal range. So I understood mm. it. Um, I understood their why. So is that to say you guys in your day four, day three prep, Keandre Smith, you guys got a mental rep, a half a half physical rep of that of that kickback scenario? Absolutely. It's something wow. that we added added to it. And uh, you know, it was mainly the instructions of not you know, there was actually three people that aren't supposed to cross the thirty, you know, spreading mm-hmm. the field and um, one did it, but one was enough in this case. <laughs> amazing yeah wow it's uh funny the things that nobody else will ever know about uh that's right. except for listeners of the coach o show they that's <laughs> right yeah they're in they got know. the intel um wow cool stuff the uh so some strange stats from the game it, it was an, it was unusual uh time of possession 22 minutes to the winning team the losing team had the ball for more than 38 minutes uh net offense 295 to the lo- to the winning team 420 to the losing team uh, now the winning team was plus one in the turnover ratio, which is sort of the uh, which is you know the the end all be all the king of statistics that turnover ratio. But uh, what about your team that makes them able to overcome uh, those things like only having the ball for twenty two minutes? Well, I think part of that is we're able to get to the end zone on defense, and yeah, huge. the defense really kept us in the football game in the first half. Um, I don't know what. I've, don't recall the halftime score. I think maybe 14-10 or something similar to that. I can't uh, remember, honestly. Yeah, I can't either. But uh, I know seven of those were, you know, attributed to to the defense, uh, putting it in there. And, of course, Seth banged the long field goal. Um, I think you attribute it to that. And then when you run the ball 31 times, the clock's going to keep going on, on their case. And then you add, you know, we, we just didn't do a whole bunch in the first half. Now we started the second half off, um, you know, and I think, as you know there, Luke, like I just didn't feel like we could give them the ball. Um, you know, logic says you, you take the wind in the long quarter. Yeah. And that, and I just felt like we needed to, we couldn't put their offense out there and then something happened. They go down and score and now we're behind the eight ball. I just really felt like, put the pressure on them to decide if they want the wind in the fourth. So we took the football and then they ultimately gave us the wind 
So we had the wind and the ball in the third, and we were able to right. capitalize. And I thought that was huge by the offense after struggling. They didn't have a lot of plays in the first half, but we didn't really also sustain any drives. Um, right. And so I think for the offense to come out and score a touchdown, you know, on that opening drive really lifted the spirits of the football team and uh, kind of changed the complexion. That's really interesting. So you risk you risk giving your opponent the wind at their back for the long quarter, the fourth quarter to end the game. But in doing so, you, you have an opportunity to steal momentum immediately at the start of the second half, which you did. A hundred percent. And, you know, they're, they're the best in the league at not getting off the field. And, you know, yeah. we didn't have a bunch of two and outs. You know, they didn't have a lot of points. They had a lot of yards, but we didn't have a lot of two and outs. And so for them to chew the clock, because you don't need to throw the ball into the wind if you're running it effectively. So for them to chew up the quarter, um, it's just a decision we made that it's just we needed that football. And if we wanted to win anyway, we're going to have to score. So um, waiting to the fourth quarter just wasn't an option for us in this particular football game. But could could be different in another game. That's great. That's really cool. That's really interesting insight there. And, and your defense didn't make it to an out until the fourth quarter, actually, where – Calgary did an unbelievable job of killing the clock when they had the opportunity, but that that particular drive to start off the third quarter was a huge that that made the whole game look differently look different at that point. Really interesting stuff, Coach. Let's uh, get into a fan question here. This one, as promised in the middle of the game broadcast this week, this is from Big Ange in Stony Creek. Uh, Fan question for Coach O. You guys can mail these into game day at ticats.ca. We pick one every week to ask Coach O on the show. This week's question. Hi, Coach. You were a defensive back in your playing days. You've been a position coach, coordinator, and head coach. You've seen different coaching styles from different perspectives. On your team, do you give complete autonomy to your assistants in terms of play calling during the game, or do you ever override a decision on the sidelines? Big Ange from Stony Creek. Fitting to our conversation already. Absolutely. Well, I don't know if if uh, you're calling him Big Ange or if that's how they signed off, but I'll, I'll call that's him Ange because I don't know how big he is, so I don't want to defend <laughs> him at all. Um, yeah, so, yes, I do give autonomy. I'm not a, I'm not a huge micromanage uh, person. Um, I, I believe in um, putting your input in throughout the week, kind of understanding the game plan. You see the plays that are going to be called uh, during the week and that sort of thing. You don't know every situation. Um, that comes up. And then we're always in constant communication, Ange, um, as we go through the game. Are there times that I've overrid things? Yeah, absolutely. I'd say, let's take a shot or, you know, we need to run the ball or let's sneak it up the middle, you know, but, you know, sometimes that happens twice in a game and sometimes not for a month of games. Hmm. Um, you know, you, you empower people to do it, you oversee it. And they've watched, uh, as odd as this sounds, they've watched way more detailed cut-ups than I have, you know, especially trying to watch three phases. Now, when I was a D coordinator, you know, obviously you're you're honed in, and as a DB coach, you're honed in a, a specifically a different way. Um, so I can answer it directly like this, that uh, I don't override very often. Uh, I have, but for the most part, uh, the coordinators call the game. Do you find that you're more, as a game goes on, Do you, are you more minded towards defensive adjustments because of, because of your defensive background or do you feel do you feel right in the mix with both your offensive defense special teams uh coaching i think it's natural for me to be a little bit more on the defensive side um even special teams to a point uh, mm -hmm. whether we're going field or boundary returns but craig does a great job 
uh, in that realm. Yeah, offensively, I'm you know I'm you know I'm I'm very comfortable putting you know Tommy's very good about it. Halftime asking me what I see and that things, and I'll jot down my notes. But you know you there's so many you know from there's so many different people that are very knowledgeable and are seeing the game and the breakdown and the tendencies and that thing that you know mine's more of a 5,000 foot overview about you know every now and again I'll see a DB that's peaking or I feel like you know they may not be stopping a certain play or a certain run Um, but I think it's natural for me to be just a smidge more in tune to the defensive side of the ball but I feel like I'm in tune in all three phases. Cool and from Stony Creek thanks for your question and Send those questions into game day at ticats.ca. Coach, not playoffs yet. The Ticats have not secured playoffs yet, but the last two weeks uh, did a lot of good to that cause. It's like when you're a kid, you can feel Christmas coming, little changes around your school classroom, little changes around the house, and something good is close, you know it. Are there changes around the Ticats facilities that you could recognize because you're nearing the playoffs? Is it, I don't know, rewards for players, more swag in lockers, changes to practice? What what what, uh, what changes as the year gets later? I think it's different from week to week. I mean, we're going to go with a two-day practice week this week. I feel like that uh, fresher may be better for our football team at this point in time. It also gives the coaches one more day to prep. But it's also on the players to, you know, what do you do with this day? Are you lounging? Are you walking? Are you hydrating? Or is, you know, are you partying? Like, what what is it that you're doing? And that's between them and them, right? At the end of the day, they only have to answer to themselves. But mm-hmm. at this point, you like to think you have the right people and they're going to understand what's, uh, what's the opportunity that we have in front of us. Um, as far as, um, the you know, the energy is always high after a win. You know, and I think um, everybody's excited about the opportunity. And to say that you don't feel that, I'd be lying to you. You can feel that. But... I feel like the energy in this building, you know, winning always is the best deodorant. But, you know, at the same time, I feel like we've got such good people that you can't walk around here, you know, stone faced. Um, Even when you lose, I mean, you you definitely can't be. It can't be accepted and be a way of life and think everything's going to stay the same. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you are dealing with people. And sometimes laughter is the best medicine. And you need to lighten things up and they're, they're always going to follow your lead. And so how you approach it, I think there's a every coach needs to figure out their football team that year at the time that it is. And I think you have to find that balance between business, seriousness and not overly serious or over business, you know, over business like. And I know that uh, may sound a little unique, like, you know, they, they need to be whipped into shape and they need to understand what they know. <laughs> everybody understands it. And every coaching style is different. There's no right or wrong. But I think each coach, no matter your style, you have to understand your football team that year and where you're at. And uh, you definitely need to know the pulse of, of everybody. And so, um, yeah. Not a lot of changes, but some subtle changes, you know, specifically coming full circle. You know, we're going to go with a two-day practice week versus just putting them out there. Love it. The Coach O Show with Luke Tasker is presented by Turkster Lumber. You can check out the project coaches at Turkster Lumber. They can help with every part of your home renovation from designing a deck to ordering a new front door. Learn more at turksterlumber.com. And, of course, send your fan questions into to gameday at ticats.ca. We'll have an episode every week 
all the way through the end of this regular season and hopefully well into the playoffs to Grey Cup week. Coach, great, great stuff. I really appreciate your insight, and that was that was one memorable football game out in Calgary, uh, a stadium I never won a football game in, but it was great to broadcast a, a win for the Ticats in that stadium. Coach, best of luck uh, with the prep for Ottawa. Awesome. Thanks, Luke. Another episode of the Coach O Show with Luke Tasker is in the books. Let us know your thoughts. Email us at gamedayatticats.ca. Coach O and Luke are back next week to discuss the latest from the locker room. Subscribe to the Ticats Audio Network on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.